Hello, I'm Rachel Deere, host of today's program, COVID-19, Keeping Up with a Moving Target. Thank you for joining us. This is the October 13th episode of DKB Med Radio's Coronavirus Educational Series. This activity is jointly provided by the Postgraduate Institute for Medicine, DKB Med, and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. Today's program is accredited for ANCC, AAPA, and AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Please visit our website for complete CE information. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the Claim Credit button on the webinar console. Otherwise, please go to covid19.dkbmed.com, navigate to our multi-specialty episodes, and select this webinar to claim credit. Today's learning objective is to discuss how to facilitate post-traumatic growth. This educational activity is supported by independent medical education grants from Gilead Sciences. With us today, we have Erin Berry, a nurse at Johns Hopkins Lifeline Critical Care Transport. Erin, thank you so much for your time today. Hi, thanks for having me back. It's exciting to be with you guys again. I'm going to mix things up a little bit today and move a little bit away from clinical care and kind of talk a little bit more about how we can care for ourselves. So I want to talk today about the concept of post-traumatic growth. And this is something that I, I just randomly stumbled across listening to a podcast, but it spoke really deeply to me. And um, I think it'll probably speak um, pretty deeply to a lot of healthcare workers, given um, what we've been through over the past year and a half. So this first slide right here is just something that I feel like really sums up how the past, it's probably, we're creeping up probably on two years, but year and a half, just kind of how things have felt, not only for healthcare workers, but for the general population. Um, this came from the Atlantic, and it, I feel like it just kind of encompasses like how we're all kind of feeling right now. So it's the COVID-19, the pandemic's been a disaster for all of us. Um, it's been a very traumatic experience, um, and it's kind of changed how uh, we interact socially, how our communities interact, how we look at our lives, what our priorities are, how we're experiencing different things. And so many people have just endured just these high levels of grief and anxiety. We've ex all experienced a lot of isolation and kind of this rolling trauma, like as like we've had these waves of pandemic and initially we didn't have vaccines and now we have vaccines and now we might need boosters and how we like things kind of get a little bit better and they get a little bit worse. But then there's this idea that you know, once you get through the initial trauma, like what happens afterwards and how we cope with that afterwards. And um, I really like this line here where it's the aftermath that destroys people because as healthcare workers, we're all really good at trauma. Um, but like, what do we do after that trauma? Once everything's died down, how do we, how do we deal with that? So just talk briefly about the mental health impacts on healthcare workers. So if you look at um, the average population in a non-pandemic state, the World Health Organization estimates that in the general population, we have a 4.4 prevalence rate of depression and a 3.6 prevalence rate of anxiety. But then if you go and look at how healthcare workers and their mental health has been impacted during a pandemic, there was a study done that was a meta-analysis of multiple different studies that looks at 
how this pandemic has affected healthcare workers throughout the world. And you see these levels of depression, anxiety, and PTSD that are four, five, six times what you would see in the average population on an average day. Um, so these, these numbers aren't telling us anything that we don't know. We know we've all been impacted. Um, we know it's had a great impact on our mental health. Um, so it's just, it just confirms basically that, you know, this pandemic has been traumatic and it's impacted us all um, very deeply. When you talk about mental health and response to trauma, there's this idea of resilience and then this idea of post-traumatic growth. And I found this very interesting because we hear a lot about um, healthcare workers being resilient and um, bouncing back. And I feel like I hear, we hear a lot about resilience. But there's this concept of post-traumatic growth that I wanted to explore a little bit deeper. So if you look at resilience, it's an ability to bounce back quickly from setbacks. So these are the people that when they experience a trauma, they're able to rebound quickly. They get back to their previous level of functioning. They've already got like this, this strong sense of self, the strong sense of values, and they just kind of bounce back to where they were beforehand. But then you look at um, another group of people that don't have this, this sense of resilience built into them, and you come across this concept of post-traumatic growth. So it's people that they're not able to bounce back, and they have um, this trauma, but they grow from the trauma. So they have this positive psychological change as a result of a struggle. And where it comes from is you're establishing different perspectives for a new normal, because I think um, and it's one thing that I was like, I, I think a lot of people say, I just want to go back to normal. I just want to go back to normal. But what if we don't go back to normal? How do we learn to work in a world with a new normal when that old normal is no longer an option? Those of us that don't have this like resilience or those of us that have struggled a little bit more are going to have um, some kind of post-traumatic stress responses. So you're going to recall and relive the traumatic event that's obviously still going on. The pandemic's not gone away. It's kind of coming in waves, but you're going to think about that traumatic event. Um, and then as you're recalling and reliving it, there's a couple different ways it could go and you can go one direction and shift to another, but this post-traumatic stress can re uh, lead to post-traumatic um, PTSD, the stress disorder. So this is when you're recalling and reliving these traumatic events and you're, you don't want to. It's an involuntary, it's intrusive, um, nothing's really getting resolved. You're just constantly having these, um, these stressful thoughts and feelings about this trauma that you've experienced. But then you have also this concept of post-traumatic growth. So the big difference between um, when it progresses to PTSD or when it can go to post-traumatic growth is you're deliberately reflecting on what's happened. So it's not this involuntary, intrusive, unresolved like cycle of thoughts. You're stopping and you're, you're deliberately thinking about the trauma that's happened and um, reflecting on that trauma. Um, and this is where uh, you can develop resilience. So the good thing about this is as you move through this, this concept of post-traumatic growth, you're developing resilience and you can become kind of um, that person that can bounce back quickly. So you're, you're growing and you're, you're, getting, you're getting personally stronger. So looking a little bit deeper at this concept of post-traumatic growth, because it was a very new concept for me. Um, and 
like digging into it a little bit, it's a new concept for everybody. It was developed back in the 1990s. Um, it's just kind of a theory that two psychologists developed. And if you can kind of look at it, this four factors leading to post-traumatic growth and then the five domains of post-traumatic growth. So you're looking at um, the things that can help you move through the process of post-traumatic growth. And then what does that post-traumatic growth look like um, once you go through it? And this really isn't like an all, all or none thing. You don't need all these four factors and you're not gonna grow in all these four ways, but you can have bits and pieces of these four factors and then you can have areas that you're gonna grow in. So if you look at the four factors, there's this brutally honest optimism. Um, and the thing that I think that's most important about that is it's not, um, like they say, it's not a unicorn and rainbows, everything's fine optimism, but it's looking at your situation and um, finding a way to be optimistic about it. Um, and being optimistic is gonna decrease your sense of helplessness and it's also gonna motivate more of a constructive action. Um, and then you can look at perception of control over events. So that's another factor that's gonna help grow. And it's not, you can't be in control over the traumatic event that happened. So none of us are in control of COVID. We, we can't really impact that, but what we can do is control our response to it. So you can take action um, to change the situation. So you may not be able to stop COVID, but you can look at your situation and see how you can take control, like how you can be great at PPE or how you can get a COVID vaccine. So you're taking control in a meaningful way that you're able to, um, and it motivates a constructive act action. So getting your vaccine, wearing your PPE, talking to others about how to be safe. So it's, it's controlling what you control and recognizing what you can't control. And then if you look at your coping style, it's more looking at how you can accept what's happened and kind of reinterpret what has happened. So it doesn't um, become this negative spiral of thoughts. So you can, um, it, it kind of looks at not avoiding what's going on, uh, which can lead to denial, which means you're not coping. And then this idea of a strong sense of self. So you kind of create this um, coherent narrative of what's happened. And once you um, have this coherent narrative, you can look at it in a more constructive fashion. And then once you have some or all of those factors, these are like the ways that you can grow from post-traumatic growth. So if you look at your personal strength, um, you're better able to handle future trauma. And this is this idea of as you develop post-traumatic growth, you become more resilient and you can develop closer relationships. And this helps you realize that you, you can rely on others and you have this stronger sense of belonging. So you're not feeling that isolated feeling that you may have had before. And then this greater appreciation for life is just, it's really an idea of gratitude, like looking at, um, yes, there's this trauma, yes, some horrible things happen, but what are the things that I can be grateful for and have gratitude for and looking kind of like at the positive things in your life and not so much focusing on the negative. And then looking at new possibilities. So you get this opportunity to like reprioritize your values and figure out what's important to you and grow in that fashion. And then your spiritual development, you can, um, you can change your spiritual beliefs or even develop brand new sets of spiritual spirituality that you may not have had before. So then 
how do we facilitate post-traumatic growth in ourselves? So the, those of us that are having these post-traumatic stress symptoms and we're trying to um, figure out how to grow from where we are, like how can we facilitate us having this post-traumatic growth? So the first thing is you have to be open to it. So if you are in a place where you're still experiencing the trauma, your basic needs aren't being met, this isn't really, you're not gonna be able to do this, but being open to growth at this point. So you have to deliberately take the time to assess and reflect. Another thing you can do is identify role models that have grown through adversity. So you can look at other people that have experienced these traumatic events and have grown and gone on to do great things um, and kind of look at their process. Um, and learning to view the trauma as an opportunity to reinvent the status quo. So you can look at um, like what your situation was and this thing has changed and how can I reinvent my everyday life to um, develop a new way to live with my new normal. Uh, you can assess how the experiences serve to connect you to humanity, how it has grown to um, improve your social relationships with your friends, your family, or just the community at large. And again, this idea of gratitude, you, you're going to try to notice what's most important to you um, and learn how to be grateful for what you do have. Um, and I think one thing that's super important with this whole process is to be patient with yourself. This isn't something you decide to do at seven o'clock in the morning and seven o'clock at night, everything feels better. Um, it's, a, it's a growing process, it's a hard process, um, and it's gonna take a lot of time. Post-traumatic growth isn't something that just happens overnight. And then another thing you can do is get the support of a therapist. They can help you kind of move through these steps and support you as you're going through this process to help you move from this post-traumatic stress to an idea of growth and help you kind of guide you along the way. And there's also, there's lots of resources online. There's a post-traumatic growth workbook that can help you work through that. And then there's also a post-traumatic growth inventory that can help you evaluate um, how you've grown. So you can kind of see like what process, what growth you've made over time. So one of the questions I wanna cover real quick um, that we were asked is, can organizations also become more resilient through post-traumatic growth? And absolutely. So a lot of the, the discussion that I've had so far has been on an individual basis, but this can also be um, a community or an organization. And I think a really great example of this from the not too distant past is the Hurricane Katrina event that happened in New Orleans. Um, so obviously, Katrina had a huge impact on healthcare systems and it kind of broke down the status quo of how things worked. So one of the things that happened is in the tiny little communities because the healthcare system had broken down, they developed these pop-up clinics to help serve the people. Um, so uh, after this trauma, they reimagined what, uh, what healthcare delivery actually looks like and how they can better serve their patients and kind of looking again at the new normal. So this is something that can uh, both impact individuals and organizations. Thanks again, Erin. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the claim credit button in the webinar console to attest for credit. Otherwise, please visit us at covid19.dkbmed.com. Again, Thank you for joining us and thank you for your dedication 
to your patients with COVID-19.